What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Sea Red UK, a UK-based Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, Matt. How are you keeping, buddy? Yeah, um, bit of a hectic day, as usual, but my little therapy session now, so it'll get me through, and then bed. Uh, obviously, we uh, recorded on Saturday, which I think threw us both a little bit to get Troy on from Australia. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back over it. Uh, and as that was our last recording, I'll bring all the latest news from Saturday. The The main news from Bulls socials was all about Bulls Fest, which we touched on on Saturday about that we weren't jealous at all. We've not been able to attend. Um, obviously, we've seen the videos, the pictures, and... It just looked amazing. Something, especially with it being a free event. Uh, obviously, they had all the entertainment there, lovables, and the other night uh, match night entertainment. Obviously, players were there. Uh, Dale and Terry, Ayodasumu, my guy Javante, Ben Gordon, doing different things uh, available for pictures. Obviously, they've got fans to have pictures with the six trophies. You know, it just looked amazing. And the, the slam dunk contest, that I've seen the videos of that. There's some, even Giovanni was a bit shocked by some of them, I think, because he was judging yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you made of it all from watching it from afar. Yeah, I just just pined to be there, really. Um, it, it looked awesome. Um, it it just looked like it was non-stop entertainment over the course of the weekend and all Bulls-centric. I mean, it's like paradise stuff for us, really. It's a pity we're so far away. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if there's any other teams in the NBA that, that do it, to be I, fair. I don't know. I've never heard of it across uh, the league for any other team before, but um, it, it, if they're the trailblazers in it, I doubt it'll stop there. I'd say other teams will see the success for it and, and, and go on with it too. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they make it a bit of a world tour as well and come to the UK next year or something. Yeah, most welcome. That'd be nice. <laughs> Obviously, keeping in line with that, there were one of the videos that come out of it, uh, which was shared on the socials, was Dale and Terry on the court with some kids, and he's just swatting everything <laughs> away. He's just not giving them anything. Um, 
And he he says, you know, you know, was it Zach? Zach wouldn't let me score, or Zach Levine wouldn't let me score. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then the, the reason why I'm bringing that one up is just because some of the comments I've seen on the socials, not just ours, but just other people's clips of that video, and people are saying the kids let them play and like, oh, you're making kids cry. It's like. It, <laughs> You know, they're not here for participation trophies. They're there to, to learn, do you know what I mean? And it's the only way they're going to learn. And, you know, seen videos throughout the summer of, like, was it Fred Van Vliet and Tyler Hero breaking or snapping kids' ankles and leaving them on the floor and stuff like that. Well, I don't know about you, but if I was a kid, I'd love that. And I'd be a massive fan of Fred Van Vliet if he did that to me. Oh, yeah, Just, totally. You know, and that's how, how you get fans, isn't it? It's... I, I, you know, I'd like to. I don't know for definite, but you'd imagine at the end of it, they went over and signed the jerseys, or maybe give them a signed jersey, or signed ball, or something like that, just as a, you know, yeah, I've shown you up, but here you go. Yeah, and I, I doubt very much that they just left them with the bruises and the embarrassment and crying on the court. Give <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> maybe. Well, no, I mean. It's only a small snippet of the video as well, and you, I'd imagine that at some point Dylan Terry's let them get shots off and you know feel like they're achieving something as well. It's just obviously that was the bit that was recorded and put out for the public to see, isn't it? So, well, I ain't got a problem with it. It's how I play with my kids in the garden. You know, I'm, I'm like MJ when I play with them, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, no mercy. So. Uh, and then away from, from Bulls Fest, as you know, we're, we're still a little bit envious of it all. Um, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, DeMar DeRozan put out a little snipe at Bleacher Report on Twitter. The uh, Grand Theft Auto meme, whatever it is, where it's like, oh, here we go again. And just basically at Bleacher Report. Um, again, I like to see that sort of stuff. It was to the point and it shows that he's seen it and he's probably just going to use it as fuel for his fire yeah. next year. So, yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it for the news. We're going to do a bit of a Euro basket roundup now because there's been a few games involving our two guys since Saturday. On Saturday itself, uh, Marco played 15 minutes for Montenegro as they beat Belgium 76-70. to 70. He finished pretty poor, to be fair. Uh, six points and three rebounds. He was four from four from the line. And he did have a big, or he got on the end of a big uh, lob. And the commentator definitely enjoyed that one with the, oh, baby, as he slammed it down. So... Uh, yeah, that was impressive to see, but not the best stat line. No. Uh, and then Saturday as well, uh, Goran Dragic played for Slovenia as they beat Hungary 103-88. I think he had a bit of a rest as he only played six minutes, but still put up five points, two rebounds and two assists. So I think it pretty much shows how that game was going. Mm. Um, then on Sunday... Slovenia lost to Bosnia 97-93 and Goran was back to his usual self. He actually got 20 points this time instead of 19. 
six assists, five rebounds and four steals. I did put a video on the socials of some sweet dimes that he was throwing out, some behind the backs. And, yeah. You know, it, it's obviously I know it's a different level of competition um, to the NBA, but if you can do it in a game, you're going to be able to do it in a game, aren't you? It's in the NBA, whether it's NBA or Eurobasket. So... Well, it's still a display of court vision, no matter what way you look at yeah. it. Yeah, and the the IQ and yeah, just having the confidence to do it and stuff like that. And I'm sure he'll pick his opposition wisely before trying to do something like that. He's not going to do it against one of the best defense or one of the best defenders in the NBA, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's some Bosnian painter or something like that. He's probably thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, I mean, I didn't share anything about Marco's one on the socials because he played 11 minutes as Montenegro beat Bulgaria 91-81 and he got two points. That was it. <laughs> I don't know if that was a bit of a rest night for him or if... I don't, just don't know. Again, not exactly impressive. No. Uh, and then today, uh, as we speak, Slovenia are taking on Germany so there'll be stuff to come out on Goran later on on that one but uh, earlier today uh, Montenegro lost to Spain 82-65 Marco played 21 and a half minutes with 11 points and 2 rebounds uh, I believe 7 of them 11 come in the first quarter off the bench so yeah. I think that's pretty much a sign of how that game went and yeah, it's, I know you you can't look at the box score and judge everything, but and, and that's what I've been doing because so. um, <laughs> I'm not paying to watch it, paying to watch it all. So, and then one a little bit closer to home, uh, Henry Drell, who was on Windy City Bulls last year and the Bulls uh, summer league team, just gone. He was playing for Estonia as they beat our very own Great Britain, 94-62. And he put up 20 points, three of five from the three-point line, three rebounds, two blocks in 23 minutes. So he, he obviously had himself a good day with that one. Yeah. I mean, the only Euro... I mean, I've seen the highlights. Obviously, you've got Luca and Yanis and everyone like that playing. So you see their highlights. I think Lowry's having himself a bit of a time over there for Finland as well. Um, but in terms of GB, they've just been steamrolled by everybody. So I don't know whether that's a good stat line for him or not, to be fair. Mm. Uh, and that's about it for Eurobasket. Like I say, Goran is playing as we speak. So hopefully we'll get some highlights of that. Uh, another last little bit of news is the players are starting to return to Chicago, apparently. Um, saw a tweet that P. Will was working out on his own in the Advocate uh, last night, I think it was, or early this morning. can't remember which one it was. Um, obviously, Javonte and Dale and Terry and Ayodasumu have been there last week and Stacey King on his podcast said that they were really going at it working on the defence on each other. So, a bit of chemistry building already between them three, which is not a bad thing. No, it's great to hear, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously as more players start returning, 
I mean, training camp doesn't start until back end of the month, is it? Yeah, it's three weeks away or something, isn't it? Yeah, so if they're already coming back, they're obviously looking at getting to work straight away. And yeah, so that takes us on to our next topic, uh, talking about players putting the work in. And we're going to give our hopes and predictions for Mr. Zach Levine as we go into next season. Now, obviously there's some debate whether it's still his team as we move forward or if it's DeMar's team and, you know, but he's had himself quite a summer, hasn't he? He's, obviously he's got his contract, just had his first baby. Yep. You know, he's supposedly fully recovered from his injuries last year. Um, My personal opinion is it's still Zach's team. They, w- they wouldn't give him a five-year contract if it wasn't. Um, and it's just basically, I'd say him and Damara level. Um, they both know what each other brings. I think they've got pretty decent chemistry, even though people said that that would be the reason why Zach wasn't going to sign because he was been forced out by Damara. But I think that's a load of rubbish. You know, you saw the various videos going round last year. You know, the All Star videos where they're in, interrupting each other's press conferences and. You know, I think they they got on well, in my opinion, just from what I've seen. And it's hard to judge Zach last year because obviously it was a contract year for him, the injuries. But one thing that he did do last year was become a winning player, which he's never really been seen as, has he? So mm. uh, he put, what was it, his first four-game win streak and some, obviously... Yeah. Um, obviously, his first run at the playoffs, not that it did very well, like, but that was down to injuries and as a team, really, wasn't it, as well? So, I mean, looking back at last year as well, he played 67 games, which is the most he's ever played, which with the injuries, I mean, his minutes dropped, which again, with the injuries, it's not a surprise. His. Numbers dropped slightly, or they weren't as high as they have been in the past. He averaged 24.4 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. I haven't got the rest of his stats in front of me, like, but if he did that again this year with DeMar doing what DeMar does, or, you know, maybe improves a little bit on them, you know, gets nearer 25 and becomes the 40, 50, 90 again, you know, it's. He's he's going to be an all star again, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's definitely well set up for another all star season. Um, you know, you look at the stats from last year, um, twenty four odd points uh, points per game, and he he did most of that with a with a limp in one hand. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, half a Zach. Exactly, yeah, half a Zach. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, I mean. In regards to you know you touched on the um, the chemistry situation, everybody was saying that they wouldn't work together. They were both scorers, himself and Demar, and I think it is pretty obvious. And by all accounts, um, everybody says that they they hit it off straight away. I think instead of Zach taking the stance last year of oh no, there's another guy in now who's a scorer, he's going to take my points away from me, he's going to take my opportunities away from me. He actually looked at it as as um, a chance to to take the pressure away from him 
Yeah. And he, it was all, it was almost a relief for him, I think, that he was able to say, well, look, now I'm not doing this all on my own. We're doing it together. And, yes. and, and it showed and, and it, it worked particularly well, um, especially when they were both healthy for the small periods where they were. Um, and only for Zach getting injuries and carrying them throughout the course of the season, uh, I think his stat line would have been a little bit higher. And I don't think DeMars would have had to dip too much. They would have just met somewhere in the middle. Um, and yes. I, I think there's no reason why that can't continue into next season if they are both healthy. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, how, like you say, how they started the, the year, dis- despite Zach having his thumb injury mm-hmm. early on. I can't remember the exact stats and stuff like that off the top of my head, but there were, you know, the, the points they were putting up combined and stuff like that, they were sort of breaking records, weren't they? And um, they were both in conversation for MVP and obviously we all wanted Zach as the all-star above um, Trey Young. Yeah. You know, yeah, he still made it to the all-star game, but he wasn't in the, the, the initial picks, was he? Um, or... Yeah, something it was like, it works like something like that, wasn't it? it basically, he was. He, he was wasn't one of the starters, selection. was he? He was a player selection, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Whereas obviously Trey Young got the starter position, didn't he? Yeah. Which again, a lot of that was down to Demar, I think, because even though he was playing as a three, they listed him as a two, didn't they, for the vote? That's it. Yeah. So it kind of everyone's voting for Demar and. Because he deserved it as well, but obviously it was taking votes away from Zach at the yeah, same time. Even both, both being voted for the same position, even though Demar had been playing the three for the guts of the season. Yeah, so I think without that, he would have been a starter. And but then obviously it all just came crumbling. Well, it was just before the All Star, wasn't it, that he did his knee against the Warriors, mm-hmm. um, and then that just seemed to be this beginning of the end for us really didn't it it was um, but yeah I, I mean looking at what I'd like to see from him next year like I say maybe get them his output slightly higher if you know alongside DeMar so they're both sort of around the 25 point range maybe um, but one thing I would you know even his defence I think improved last year because he wasn't having to do as much at the other end with not having the ball as much because obviously having Demar so again you want to see him take a bit more of a step up on the defensive end I think this year Mm -hmm. and one thing that I really do want him to stop doing is when we're not getting the calls is sitting there and like protesting about it it's just like get back defend And then moan about it. Do you know what I mean? It's if the ball's still in play, then so are you. You can't you can't be running back up shouting at the refs because you didn't get the call. And that in turn, I'd like to see him start getting the calls as well because yeah. a lot of them are ridiculous. You know the amount of contact that he goes up against, and yeah, it's. I mean, this new rule with the um, to take fouls, I think could actually be a bit of a benefit for him really um, because he's you know how else do you stop him 
if he's on a, a breakaway, how, how the, the, they can't stop him, can they, without fouling him, essentially. So, And he's, he's a good three-point thrower. Uh, he's good from the line, isn't he, as well, yeah. when he eventually gets there. So, yeah, I think that's sort of the little bit side. Apart from that, you know, I mean, in the past, he's been called a, what, empty calorie scorer and he's not a winning player. And I think that's changed now. And Zach knows that just as much as anybody. And I think we've alluded to it before. The fact he's now a dad mm-hmm. possibly changes him slightly. You know, it changes everybody. Um, I don't know how it affects him as a player, but obviously it affects him as a person, which in turn affects him as a player, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what what do you think for, what you know, what do you want to see out of him for next year? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not too dissimilar to what you said there. Um, I, I think in regards to his defence, Zach is fully aware of the fact that that is one of the criticisms that he gets. And I do think that over the past two seasons, last season in particular, that he has stepped up his defence and it's something that he continues to work on. So I certainly want to see him take another step up um, in regards to D this year. Um, I also wouldn't be against him um, pulling up from the arc just a little bit more, maybe taking another couple of shots um, from behind uh, behind the three-point line than he has been, um, just basically because he is probably our top three-point shooter himself and Lonzo. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and we are pretty much rock bottom in regards to uh, three-point attempts. So, um, I mean, we all hoped and expected Kobe to be one of our beasts from behind the line, but uh, from behind the arc, but he, he isn't so far. So I do think Zach needs to maybe take a few more. And with DeMar being such a presence from the mid-range, and Vooch hopefully banging around in the paint, that gives us the, the, the three areas covered in regards to scorers um, in deep, in the mid-range, and from distance. So uh, that's what I'd like to see more of uh, next season, I think. Yeah, and, and going back to the thing of players working out this year, or this some of the, the videos we've seen, he's... It looks like he's trying to work on improving his own mid range as well. Yeah, it does. Which, um, you know, because he's not he's not always going to be the explosive dunker, is he? Because age catches up, and I'm guessing if he can improve other aspects of his game now while he can still dunk, then he hasn't got to try and do it when he's hitting like his thirties and stuff like that. So. I mean, obviously, we're getting him at his peak now as well. He's he's just about to go into his peak at, like, what, 27 to Mm -hmm. 32. And that's the time, obviously, we've got him on this contract. So, I think he'll maybe feel a bit of pressure this year with having that contract now. I think he knows he's got a... Not so much show the Bulls, but show the rest of the league why he's got that contract. Yeah, perhaps. Um, You know, because... Bulls fans are going to love him regardless. You know, we all wanted him to get the deal and stuff like that. You know, he's going to be, he's going to go down as one of the top Bulls, isn't he, by the time he's finished? Um, just purely because of what he's done in the last, what is it, four, four and a half years that we've had him now. 
Um, but I think he's feeling the pressure from the rest of the league now to to be that guy, you know, to to prove why you're a two to two the two time All Star and Olympic gold medalist, and you know, it, it, people seem to forget all of that about him and. He's just like no, he's he's just Zach Levine. He's an empty point score, empty calorie scorer, and yeah. So well, I personally think we'll probably see the best Zach we've ever seen. Yeah, hopefully. And which, in regards to the empty calorie scorer, um, that's exactly how they used to refer to Jordan in the late eighties. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be Jordan uh, 2.0 or anything, but, um, you know, no, I don't think anybody ever will be. But um, it is certainly the same critique that they gave to Jordan uh, until the until the 90s came around. And that, that came with maturity and a realisation that it's a team and not a player. And, and Zach is certainly getting the taste of that now at the moment over the last season and the next season to come, I think. that He's, he's realising... You know, I don't have to do this on my own. We've got a whole team here, and if we work together, we're going to be more successful. Um, and regards to something else you said as well, Matt. Actually, yeah, you know that whole arguing with the referee thing. Um, yes. To go hand in hand with that, another thing that he didn't do as much last season, but he certainly did do it in the back half. Was he? he if things aren't kind of going his way, particularly with calls from a ref uh, or the refs, he tends to drop the head. Yeah, he can't do that. You know, he can't do that now um, and he needs to just keep that chin up and just keep plugging away. And if things aren't going your way, then you just keep doing what you need to do to lift the team. You're the leader now. You're the face yeah. of the franchise. And if, if he starts dropping the head, then the rest of the players, especially the young guys, they're going to start dropping the head around him as well. He needs to stay strong no matter what's going on around him. Yeah, I mean, a little bit off off topic. Well, on topic with that, but away from Zach. Obviously, we saw a few times last year with, with the same with Demar, didn't we? Where I guess this is frustration thing, which you know, obviously, we watching the broadcasts and stuff like that, you don't hear what's been said and the full impact of things that's happening on the court. And obviously, we saw a few times where you know Demar was getting text all over the place, wasn't he? for how he was reacting to the refs. And it yeah. was Ayo that was stepping up and pulling Damar away. Yeah. And it should have been some, maybe somebody like Zach that was doing it. But Zach seemed to get dragged into the frustration with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, I mean, they're the two leaders on the team. And, yeah, I get it's frustrating. But, you, like you say, you kind of want them to just think, right, get on with it. Yeah. Shake, and, shake it off and on to the next play. Yeah, and we'll punish him with that one instead. Right. You know, you know, try and get a four-point play out of it or whatever. Do you know, what I mean? just anything like that. It's just it, it was frustrating, and you could hear it on even with like Stacey and Adam on the broadcasts all the time, couldn't you? It was just like Zach, just get back, and it was just yeah. you know, get your head back in it, and like you say, concentrate on the next play. Which mm-hmm. the next play is usually defensive play, isn't it? So, yeah, he's not back in position. It was leading to three pointers going against us or whatever. So, but no, I think. Okay, so what? What do you expect out of him next year? Then, in terms of, you know, is it another All Star appearance? Um, I um, I definitely think he'll make All Star again. 
Um, I don't see any reason for him to drop down far enough. Um, one thing he has in his favour, and and this does definitely have an impact on all-star appearances is his face is out there more now you know he's getting the the sponsorship deals and the advertising deals and everything like that so he's he's becoming more and more recognized league-wide as opposed to just um to bulls fans and all that helps with voting and and getting the people's vote and getting them in in uh place for the all-star so i definitely think he'll be in the all-star um i'm hoping he's going to be up there again as the scoring, you know, top end of the scoring leaders, and um, with any luck, if if he plays like he started playing last season before the injuries, then he could even be back in the conversation um, for MVP. Who knows? Yeah, I think the big thing for Zach and Bulls as a whole, as we keep saying, is health. Yes, you know, if he didn't have the injuries he had last year. It'd have probably been, um, you know, all NBA, and I think that's what he's probably got away for this year because he knows how close he was to it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with that comes his third All Star, and you know, he's going to want to go out to be a starter this time, isn't he? And like you say, he's got all the sponsorship deals now. He's he's becoming a bit of a, a face within the league, and yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, I think, like I said, this will be the best Zach we see, or we've seen, should I say, because I think he's out to prove a point now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I've got anything else on him. No. I just, like I said, I think by the time he's done, he will be seen as one of the one of the great greatest bulls. You know, when you we do our little drafts and stuff like that, he's always going <laughs> to crop up in his... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump, the new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything with anyone and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play. Or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. Next next topic is, as usual, is your player profile. And you're, you haven't actually told me who this one is. So. No, but um, I don't think you're going to need much help in the way of uh, <laughs> talking about him, to be honest with you. Uh, I decided it was about time that I went for one of the, one of the big, big names. So um I've I've gone for the treat of Dennis Rodman. Oh. I don't know why I had a feeling you were gonna say him as well. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. he's he's in well, he's always in conversations somewhere, whether it's sport or entertainment or um or social media or politics. It's it's always something that he's he seems to be always relevant somewhere <laughs> and right now he's right now he's being talked about in the, in the political um and sport a sport point at the moment with what's going on uh, with griner but yeah. um I, I i digress so dennis roman quick little profile on him then um not that he needs too much of an introduction uh obviously uh played number 91 for us um but he also played number 10 for detroit 
73 at the Lakers and 70 at Dallas. Uh, he's 61 years old now, six foot seven. Uh, played small forward in the early part of his career with uh, Detroit before moving on to the power forward position, where he obviously played for us. Um, he went to college in southeastern Oklahoma State. Drafted in 1986, he was a round two pick, number 27, for the Detroit Pistons. Um, believe it or not, you know, and it's always kind of a bit mad when you break this down and actually think about it, because there isn't a Bulls fan alive, I don't think, that that doesn't have something wonderful to say about Dennis Rodman. He And he only played for us for three seasons. He only played for the, the second three-peat. Um, which, you know, when you think about most people, I'd say would put him in their top five Bulls players of all time. And to think that he only played for us for three seasons is is quite surreal. So 2.2 points per game, wasn't known as a scorer. (laughs) Uh, 2.8 assists per game, um, which isn't too bad. But um, 15.3 rebounds per game was what he averaged as a ball. I mean, that's just... No, you're old. Right. And and he was the ultimate role player. I mean, he knew, and this wasn't just for us, this was across pretty much his whole career, really, um, particularly from uh, the championship years with Detroit onwards. He knew that he had to excel at something and he he knew he could rebound the ball and he just focused. And my God, did he focus on that one stack. Um so he was 14 years in the NBA, uh, or with professional experience, should I say, from 1986 to 93 with Detroit, where he won two championships. Uh, 93 to 95, he was with the Spurs. Uh, then he came to us, 95 to 98, three championships with us. Went to the Lakers for a year, uh, and then went to Dallas for a year. But he didn't finish playing basketball there. He had a few little touches in the G League. Um, he played in the Mexican League. He played in the Finnish League and he played three games in the British League uh, for the Brighton Bears in 2006, um, right before they folded and went out into oblivion. Um, So, accolades then. Uh, I hope you're sitting comfortably. He uh, was two-time NBA champion with Detroit, as I said. Obviously, we all know he was a three-time NBA champion with ourselves. He was a two-time All-Star 1992, uh, two times All-NBA third team 92 and 95, two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 1990 and 91, uh, seven-time NBA All-Defensive first team 89 to 93, 95 and then 96, uh, NBA All-Defensive second team in 94, seven-time rebounding champion in 92 to 98, he was obviously recently named to the NBA 75th anniversary team and uh, Hall of Famer in 2011. And just recently, he had his number 10 jersey retired by Detroit. Um, he was known by a lot of different names. Some of them were not quite so uh, pleasant names, <laughs> depending on what, <laughs> what way you stood. But he was... Um, quite commonly known as Rodzilla, particularly from his little um, wrestling stint that he, that he had. <laughs> Dennis the Menace, he was uh, called quite a bit, uh, but the one that we all know, uh, of course, is the Worm. Um, yeah, I mean, 
like I've already said, it's just insane how much of an impact he had on Bulls Nation in, in just three seasons, uh, especially, and this is the big part of it, he was considered to be an absolute nemesis to the Chicago Bulls, particularly to Scottie Pippen. You know, yeah. we, we all know that there was, there was no love lost there between Scotty and Dennis. And Scotty even had to be talked around into um, being okay with, with Rodman signing for the Bulls. Um, but uh, obviously he, he, was, he was convinced and uh, they ended up playing exceptionally well on the court together, as we all as we all know. In my opinion, there's never going to be another player like him. Um, he was of his time, and I just can't see that kind of a personality and that kind of an impact that he had um, ever being replicated again. It's it's just it won't. I don't think the opportunity will even be there for, for, for that kind of a character to exist the way he was. Um, he had an absolute engine both on and off the court. Um, what about yourself, Matt? Come on, I'm sure you must have something to say about Dennis. <laughs> yeah. He, for me personally, uh, like using my sort of heart overhead, is my second favourite bull of all time behind MJ. Right. Um, you know, in terms of when you use your head, obviously, stat-wise, you've got to put other players above him. But, yeah, as a purely from a fan point of view, you know, just loved him. He's, in terms of highlights, I don't think he's got many playing highlights. It's more <laughs> what he did to antagonise. Like, like there was the one, was it against Heat, where he was saying, I can't remember the guy who was talking to now, um, saying how he had a nice bum. And, <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. And he's like giving him the eye and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he wouldn't last in today's game. <laughs> no. That's for sure. Um, I think he'd probably get the quickest ejections and stuff like that. Uh, but no, he's just, yeah, he, there's just so much you can say on him, I think, and he probably deserves a whole episode to himself just to get through some of the stories of him. You know, like the with Carmen Electra on the in the middle of the Advocate and or whatever it was, and um, you know, obviously when he disappeared to Vegas and yeah, I believe that like a little film or whatever coming out about that, isn't there? Which... Yeah, there is. It's going to be called 48 Hours in Vegas, actually. Yeah, so that'll be good. You know, obviously, his little, like you alluded to, his little wrestling stint. It yeah. was just, I think he was more, one of them players that was more of a star off the court than he was a scene on the court by, you know, unless, unless he was on your team, you probably absolutely hated him. Yeah. Um, and... You know, as I'm sure Bulls fans did before, you know, while he was at Pistons. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, to me, he's my my second favourite Bull of all time. And I think sometimes he comes close to being favourite as well. When I, you know, I've read, just recently finished reading his book again and you listen to some of the stories and you just think, how were you... How are you a five-time champion? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he even admits to him in his books and that how he should be dead and 
mm. stuff like that. The, the, the way he was leading, his, living his life off the court, and yeah. But I mean, this obviously, I say, not really many playing highlights you can touch on, but because you know, in like we just said, he knew his role, and that was to rebound. But there's like that iconic picture where he's in full sort of flight trying to stop the ball from going out of play or whatever it was where you know he's sort of he's horizontal isn't he he's yeah. you know he's <laughs> um, the true meaning of heart hustle and muscle wasn't he he was just yeah, yeah I, I absolutely love him and to me if Pistons have retired his 10 then we should be retiring the 91 Amen yeah I, I agree with you 100% agree with you I mean he was just he was the backbone of yeah. that second three-peat team. Um, I mean, he, he was the backbone of the the Bad Boy Pistons. And yeah. um, he brought that with him to us. Um, even if he didn't come directly over from there to us, he, he certainly still carried it with him. And when he came to the Bulls, he, he was the exact same kind of character and, and meant, that much to the structure of the, of the squad. Um, and, and the only reason why he got away with um, what he got away with was because of the fact that he was that important and that vital to the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you couldn't imagine many players uh, getting away with some of his antics, even back then in any team, um, only for the fact that he was that instrumental, you know? Yeah, um, and it's like you like you touched on that that mid season break that he requested and then went off to Vegas uh, for, for for what was meant to be forty eight hours and turned into four days. I think it was. Um, it's covered pretty extensively in the Last Dance, as we all know. I'm sure everybody listening to this at home has watched the Last Dance, and, and if you haven't, why the hell haven't you? Um, but it, it is going to be turned into a movie, and I can't wait to see who they actually get to play Dennis, and and I can't wait to see <laughs> how it goes. But um, he gave his body to to every play, like you say. His hustle was just off the charts. I mean, yeah, insane. And and a lot of those famous clips that we see and pictures that we see of him diving and, like you say, almost, in fact, not almost horizontal in the air. Um, he didn't even get the ball. A lot <laughs> of the time, it still stayed out. But it's yeah. the fact that it was the fact that he was prepared to put himself and his body on the line that way. Just, yeah. just to get a ball that, in his eyes, could turn into two points. Yeah, you know? and I, th- I think that he's sort of started something with how Bulls fans, you know, like you look at Caruso last last year. The amount of times his sort of hustle got got compared with him. Yeah, you know, Bulls fans just love. I'm guessing all fans really love seeing players that are willing to do that. And oh, absolutely, yeah, blue collar yeah. plays, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just his tenacity on on defense, which I mean, you, you don't you don't win NBA All Defensive First Team seven times for no reason. Like, you know, there's the, there's another clip as well. Um, I think it was against, I think it was Elijah one. Um, where he's tip- he just keeps tipping the ball, just tipping it out of his reach each time. And it's about four or five times he kind of tips it in the air before he eventually gets gets the rebound away from him. And, yeah. You know, I mean, what he's, he's given quite a bit of height to, to Elijah one there as well. Like, And it, it's that's just one example. He did this countless times, game after game after game. 
um, he just had a read of the ball. Like, you know, he, he says, I think it, it's in the last dance, he says it as well, that he used to watch video of the way different players shoot and the way the ball would bounce off the rim for each player's shot. Yeah. So he would have a read of, okay, if he, sh- if, if, you know, if he shoots from there or he shoots from there, this is the way it's more likely to come off the rim and I'm going to stand in the right position. So he was already a step ahead of everybody in getting the ball. Um, and then he was just so good at putting his fingertips out and, and catching it and, ke- and keeping his body between himself and the next player. It was just, it's just incredible stuff. Um, yeah. And then, like you mentioned, it, it wasn't just what he did with the basketball. It's what he did with the, with people's heads. He <laughs> would get in people's heads to, to the point where they didn't know whether they were coming or going. And all he'd see is Dennis, when he knew he had him, that cheeky little smile. Yeah. He, he knew, I've got you now, right? You're, you're in the palm of my hand now. And he didn't care if he got a tech, because if he got a tech, he'd laugh it off. But if they got a tech... He knew that they were rattled. Yeah. Um, and I loved, I just loved that about him. He's, he's just awesome. Yeah. Like I said, to me, retire the 91. Absolutely. Yeah. Put it up in the rafters. It needs to be there. Yeah. Definitely needs to be there. And um, I mean, obviously, like I say, we'll finish that on Robman there with retire the 91 because he deserves it. For sure. From. Have you? Oh, go. Yeah. Not as exciting as the last one. But it does affect Bulls slightly. Um, okay. Woj has just dropped that Montrez Harrell is signing a two-year deal with the 76ers. Oh. So, uh, obviously, brings a bit of toughness to their bench, I'm guessing, just back does. up to Embiid. I uh, know you wouldn't have minded seeing him sign for us, would you? No, I, I like him. Um, I know he's not going to have a major effect there but it's only a couple of years ago he was six man of the year wasn't it under mm-hmm. Doc Rivers as well when he was at Clippers so obviously Doc likes what he get what he's seeing in him and mm-hmm. yeah it has a bit of a indirect effect on the Bulls really yeah Makes... I, suppose, I suppose the big question though is um, yeah, is uh, marijuana legalised in Philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> but it's been dropped to a misdemeanor now hasn't it so yeah I've not seen a felony. that yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, obviously, we were never going to be in the hunt for him. Uh, I don't know. He hasn't put how much he's signing for. He just says a two-year deal. But, you know, we've got no room for him, have we? Just, no. Unless he was going to sign a, a minimum, which I can't see. But So, yeah, another Woj bomb for us there, which I'm sure is not going to have as much impact as the last one. No. But, yeah, I think um, we've rounded up two of our favourite Bulls in this episode there in Zach and Dennis so uh, our next episode we're going to finish our Matt versus Neil drafts we've got another one lined up Uh, we've already done our prep for it Um, again it's not an easy one (laughs) no it's not we've looked at the list of players available Um, so yeah we'll uh, we're recording that one tomorrow, I believe, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah, if if you want to know the the final the final outcome, it's the decider, and you want to vote on it, you'll have to tune into that that episode and uh, have your vote. Well, that's uh, that's all from me for for today. So I don't know if you've got anything else. No, I've nothing else to add. So yeah, as usual, 
uh, can catch us on all the socials at C-Red UK. And thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks once again for hanging out with us here at the C-Red UK podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review us. And until next time, wherever you are in the world, C-Red, go Bulls. Percolator. It's time for the percolator.